Hello Ranchers, this is your SNIC, John Livingston, with a re-release of an episode first aired in October of 2016. It is a conversation between the HNIC, Ishmael Brown, and the birthday girl, Candace Gorham. I hope that you enjoy it as much as she should be enjoying her birthday. I think that, um, do you think that being a black atheist, what's the difference? If you, if someone just run up to you and they have no idea about the atheist community or like they don't really know much about black people, if you were to say, what is the main difference about being a black atheist versus other types of atheism? How would you distill that? Penis size. Welcome to Angry Black Rand. And I have to tell you, you know, Obamacare is really, I think, the worst thing that has happened in this nation since slavery. You're in a universe and two plus two equals four. Mm -hmm. Two plus two only equals four if you accept that two plus two equals four. If there's any atheists in the house, let me say you stupid motherfuckers. I don't care what God you believe in, you gotta be a special kind of retarded to be too stupid to make up a God if there wasn't one. And then all of a sudden, then we were evolved from monkeys. Why we still got monkeys? It's Nigga, hush. Welcome to Angry Black Rand, a podcast dedicated to covering religion, social issues, current events, and anything worth covering which will be seen through the eyes of an angry black atheist. I am your host, the HNIC, company man by day, angry black Rand by night, Ishmael Brown. And I am accompanied with Candace Gorham, the author of The Ebony Ex... Oh, see? Already fucked up. The Ebony Exodus... Wait, let me say that again. <laughs> Candace Gorham, the author of... Stop laughing. Candace Gorham, the author of the book, The Ebony Exodus Project why some black women are walking out on religion and others should too candace is also a secular counselor researcher teacher and speaker what up what up candace how you doing hey hey i'm good how are you i'm good i'm good did i miss anything because i know you got a lot of titles and you're doing a lot of stuff yeah you missed a whole bunch of shit man you didn't do your research okay (laughs) (laughs) what i missed tell me um no well okay so i do the what you say i don't even remember what you said now you ain't even paying attention uh, the clergy project the secular therapist project um i'm with the african-american humanist um, oh, oh i didn't know i had to say all that my bad i don't know what else um amazing person extraordinaire i don't know okay see i don't know what that but do I do? I'll, I'll i'll co-sign that by the end of the show i'm sure so Sweet. okay <laughs> that's what i'm waiting on your stamp of approval I, okay i'll know i would have arrived when i was on angry black rant all right that's what's up you get that angry black rant stamp yeah don't worry it ain't a <laughs> tramp stamp it ain't it ain't one of those <laughs> yeah no i'm good without the tramp stamp <laughs> All right, so before we get into your book, um, let's talk about you because you have a really interesting biography from the different religions you were in to you were a minister. And um, so just take it. Let us know how you kind of 
got to where you are now, you know, and you can leave out or fill in whatever you want to do. And I'll jump in and interrupt you. Everybody knows I interrupt my guests way too much, but I'm going to do my best with you. And we have a lot of yeah. similar things. So I think, you know, we'll go off a little here and there and stuff. But yeah. So what's up? Okay. Yeah, I, I did my research and I was like, this motherfucker like to cut people off. So <laughs> I was like, hey, OK, I had to prepare myself. I was like, OK, OK, I see how he going to do this shit. OK. So I'll jump in when I need to. Okay. I know. Excellent. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Okay. So um, I was, my dad was the Jehovah's Witness. So we did that. Um, I did the Jehovah's Witness thing. But uh, my mom and dad, they separated when I I was like nine or something like that. Um, And my mom, she wasn't really feeling the Jehovah's Witness bullshit anyway. So, um, So she didn't, you know, once they separated, we didn't go to the kingdom hall or anything but my crazy ass was like so into now again nine years old right nine mm-hmm. ten years old didn't know I, no better uh, didn't know no better but some jehovah's witnesses come knocking on the door one day and i answered the door and i decided at you know like i said i guess probably by then i was maybe 10 or 11 um i decided i wanted to study with the uh with the the kingdom hall still so they would come and see just me just little old elementary school me Hmm. for bible study it was like this whole family it was a mom a dad and a and a daughter and they would come and do bible study with me and now i look back and i was like what the fuck like what 10 year old chooses to study with the damn jehovah's witnesses right yeah and and i i'm curious so your family was home or did they say let's get the hell out of here because they may access to join the circle or were they just like in the back while um you guys were in the living room because uh my my grandmother was jehovah witness and but we were pentecostal everyone else in the house so her friends would come over and we'd like sneak out the back especially the young ones because we knew they'd try to get us and my grandmother right. was always like leave them alone so was your family home at the time or what hell yeah them bitches would be like right in the next room <laughs> chilling and like yeah you, like the parents they tried to get them to participate but like, my brother, man, his ass would cut straight through the living room and go straight out the front door, cut you off and shit. Nah, man. Even my mama, like, even my mama, she would, like, be in her room and, like, no, no. They left me alone. They were not having any part of it. And, and uh, can I say, that that says a lot about um, maybe not just our culture, but uh, that even though your parents weren't a part of it, Somehow they thought it was okay. It's like, and we'll get into it later about, you know, being an atheist or just being someone who doesn't go to church, basically almost doesn't believe in the whole thing, but kind of says there's a God. It's just really Mm -hmm. odd for like them to be like, oh, it's cool for my 10 year old, but I don't care. Like, you know, it's, it's such a weird thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. So that's how it was. That's pretty much how it's been my whole damn life. Matter of fact, it's like a revelation as I'm saying it to you. Damn, you're good at this, Ishmael. I'm a black Dr. Phil, baby. There we go. <laughs> yeah, no, now that, I mean, like, my mom, she was always, you know, like, supportive. If you wanted to go do something, but she don't come at her with that shit, right? <laughs> and she, but, like, she still believed in God and all, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, so I got in, when I got into middle school, um, my dad, like the family church, so to speak, is this Methodist church that's out in the country that still like all of my family goes to or a whole bunch of family goes to. Um, 
so in middle school, I kind of started hanging out with one of my aunts, one of my dad's sisters. So she was super duper religious. Um, so I started going to the family church, but with her. And she was actually like a Pentecostal, but for, I don't know, for whatever reason, she stopped going to the church that she had been going to. I guess she felt like God was leading her back to the family church, which, mm-hmm. like I said, was Methodist. So, you know, Methodist church, you're talking about two like, way super different things. Although our Methodist church was hype, like, because it, <laughs> like, it was a black church. Like, we used to sing, like, damn... What's his name? Kurt Frank, Kurt Franklin, and like every oh, okay. once in a while, somebody would break out and shout. Like it was a live Methodist church to be Methodist. Um, I think every black church yeah. finds a way to be live, right? It's like they can't. I mean, the weird thing is that Jehovah Witness Church, my grandmother went to, was all white people. I thought Jehovah Witness was a straight white religion, and I didn't. No one knew why my grandmother went there. But after I became an atheist, I learned, oh, there's black Jehovah Witness all over the country. Right. Yeah. No, but it it's true, though, that the Kingdom Hall, I mean, for the most part, did you ever go to a um, what do they call that convention thing? What do they call that? You ever been to one of those things? What do you mean? No? Like uh, as far as Jehovah Witness? Yeah. Well, I went to her church like twice and my sister, because uh-huh. we were Pentecostal. We grew up with my mother who was Pentecostal and then she bounced and we lived with my grandmother in Pentecostal, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into that, speaking in tongues, flopping on the floor, shit like that. Right. And then we went to my grandmother's church. It was like, what the fuck? It was quiet. Everybody was just, it was eerie, which all is weird. You would think the speaking in tongues is and shit. Yeah. It was like all structured. You read out the damn white watchtower and shit. Yeah. I, I think we fell asleep. Like, oh, ain't nobody flopping on the floor here? All right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> this is boring. Yeah, no, so we, so I went to the Methodist church, and like I said, considering it was Methodist, it was probably a little more live than you would have expected it to, and I did that for a couple of years, and then I got to high school and, you know, got a boyfriend and got mm-hmm. involved in after-school activities, extracurricular shit, so I, you know, stopped going to church, did my own little thing, <laughs> and, um, you know, felt guilty, you know, I had to, I couldn't go to church and be fucking at the same time, like, shit, I was 15, 16 years old, I was guilty as a motherfucker. Most so. people do, though, which is funny, right? <laughs> they go to church, they go to the club, come, go to church smelling like alcohol the next day. <laughs> right, got the little the little club stamp still on the hand. Yep. <laughs> like, your ass didn't even get in the goddamn shower. Like, you literally just came straight from the club to church. Mm-hmm. You probably just, like, put on some pantyhose. That was, like, all your ass did. You know, try to look, you know, try to look conservative and shit. Yeah. Put on some pantyhose. But, um, so then high school, like I said, fell apart. And then, like um, we were saying at the beginning that my sister, my senior year in high school, my sister married a minister. And they decided, what well, the time, he, he was a former minister whose church had closed. And so he was actually a minister, he was actually the minister of music at the Methodist, the family Methodist church that I was talking about. Oh, okay. So they met through, they met through that. And then, um, you know, they got married. And so I ended up getting involved in that. And that was where shit got real. You know, that's where mm. we talking about casting out demons and shouting and fasting for, you know, five, seven, ten days. Like that's where it really started to get extreme. And, like 
our, you know, our pastor's pastor, right? Whatever mm-hmm. you want to call him. He um he was even more extreme than than my pastor was, my brother in law. So it was I mean, he was like it was over the top. So basically we got involved in this really over the top shit and uh I was ordained, you know, I'm a prophetess and an evangelist. Oh, oh yeah. What's the difference between it? Oh, I get no, go ahead, you tell me. It just hit me what it probably means, but prophetess, what's that? Right. So that was just I'll interpret dreams or, you know, uh prophesy, you know, really? tell people their future. Uh-huh, yeah, just without the crystal ball, but same difference. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Same thing, right? I don't know. We may pulling. call you a devil worshiper in our church. Just pulling <laughs> shit out of my ass, right? But did you feel no, it at uh, the time, or were you like you were? You weren't scamming them, though. You felt like you believed it as well, right? Right. Yes. Yes. Oh, totally, totally, totally. I, oh, okay. I mean, I, I was serious about that shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was the wake up at four o'clock in the morning, so I could get in my prayer closet and pray and you know yeah i was we were serious about that shit it was it was not a game wow you guys <laughs> had a <laughs> you guys had a prayer closet like in carry like get in your closet and go pray like kind of a thing? literal yes like literally go get in the closet because that was like a quiet enclosed space Jesus. yeah like I had a walk-in closet, and so yeah, we would. I would literally go in my walk-in closet and close the door, and like sit under the pants or whatever was hanging. You know mm, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like whatever. And so pray, yeah. So is that? Um, tell me, what's the difference? I don't know anything about the Methodist Church. Like, how does how does it differ from like a, a Pentecostal or pro, uh, other Protestant churches? Like, let's say Baptist or something. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Um. I, I know that it's again if you follow you know like strictly like the United Methodist uh what do you call that thing uh like they're not bored association or something yeah the governing body oh, whatever, okay. whatever right yeah yeah they um it's very structured like you do a um you do a confirmation i did that um you oh, like gotta go through the sort of like the catholic church like you that's gotta what take i was gonna say classes yeah yeah yeah, yeah take, take certain class and there's a specific curriculum you know it's i mean it's called methodist because it you know it's like they literally had like a nice little method to everything oh and so, um go ahead i'm sorry yeah no it was just very structured like that um and i think you know with baptist church a lot of times they believe you have to be like fully immersed you know to be baptized whereas the methodist church you can do immersion or sprinkling um okay i don't know they do don't they, have a do whole they, i mean b- do they believe in like the trinity the father son and the holy ghost or do they just because the catholic don't believe in that right they it's like jesus and and you guys don't speak in tongues in the Methodist church, right? That's the evangelical church. When you got into that is when you started doing things like that? Correct. Yeah. Okay. It's not very heavy on that level of spiritual warfare, so okay. to speak. Um, but yeah, they, yeah, the whole, the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, God, or, you know, Holy Spirit, but three separate, but one, um, you know, but oh, what's the thing called? Uh, praise God from whom all blessings flow. 
Y'all never sang that? Nah. Pray to all creatures here below. No. Pray to above <laughs> the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's like yeah. how you ended like every church service. That's that's interesting. I you know it's weird. I have no memory of like that part of it. A lot of my memory is like fear and like people speaking in tongues and stuff and like well when I look back it's fear. I don't remember the good parts like the singing. I don't think I really liked it. But you were on the podcast I listened to I think it was Dogma Debate. Yeah, it was Dogma Debate. And you were oh, yeah. uh laying hands on Alex and you were uh you oh, were yeah. in your prophetess mode. And when they played the music, when you started talking, that fucking brought me back because i probably have not heard shit like that since i left like a decade ago or more <laughs> and it brought me back and i was listening to i think at work at one point and i and, and at, at first it was like i was reminiscing <laughs> then i got angry and i'm like man, i started thinking of that church and the way they exploited people i uh i got fucking angry yeah but you were good you were see good. i'm anointed hell I yeah so. i could still preach if i wanted to Okay. Okay. <laughs> you should hear me. You should hear me. You should hear me getting hype about them politics and shit. I'll be losing my mind. Me and my dad, like, I'll be oh, we'll watch whatever. Mm-hmm. We basically sit and watch CNN all day, every day. That's all me and my dad do, and eat crab legs or watch football. Like one of those three things we're doing, and um, and uh, and and other activities that I can't incriminate myself over. Uh-huh, but uh you know we we like to have wine you know we like to have a glass of wine mm-hmm. with our crab legs i see and uh, uh i don't know what was i saying i forgot what i was saying i don't know but what i'll say is this um since you're into politics and stuff like that i'll definitely you definitely need to come back on so uh we can mm. talk about some other stuff but right now let's get back into your story and i will not cut you off like i've been doing oh Oh, no, nah, you good. You actually are doing really well, I think. <laughs> okay. I think <laughs> you, um, there was one podcast, I can't think of the name of the episode. That lady, she had that, she had that really unique name. It was like a, a couple of episodes ago. Um, Who was on the podcast? Yeah, she had a really weird name. And you, because she spent some time telling you about how, like, she had been adopted or something. Oh, America yeah. Darling Curl? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you were cutting her off like a motherfucker. I know. I was like, damn. I know. That that's <laughs> no one ever said I cut people off till that episode. Uh, I was uh, I don't have an excuse, but I was on uh, oh. medicine and out of it half. I was uh, out of it, and I was, I don't even remember half of it. I had I didn't realize I cut her off until I was editing it, and I, as I started <laughs> editing it. I'm like, fuck, I'm cutting her wrong way. <laughs> so so like then I, I like messaged her and I was like, yo, my bad for cutting you off so much. But that's the only time I ever cut people off. Fuck them. After that, they act like I do it all the time. Now I'm all self But look, though, she sounded like she was starting to get frustrated. I was like uh, driving down the road, like cracking up. Like, I was like, oh my God, he is really pissing this girl off. But Okay. Thanks for bringing up I'm old sorry. shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Now I'm going to be quiet the whole time. Now I'm going to just pout. No, no, don't be quiet. Don't pout. I need somebody to cuss with me. Okay, let's let's keep it fucking moving. So my, hell yeah, let's do this shit. (laughs) So, um, so, okay, so high school, started going to church with this, the pastor, um, my sister's husband, and, um, 
I got to college. I actually got to college and took a couple of years off. <laughs> right, like took a couple <laughs> of years off of church. Oh, I see. Um, I wasn't ordained at that point. So I moved out of town, you know, I moved away. So I went to went to college and um, did my own little thing for a couple of years. And then um, I, the guy that I was dating, the Lord, you know, listen for the finger quotation marks, the Lord told us that we were supposed to be married, that like we were destined for each other or whatever. So we got married. I got married at 20. Wow. And uh, yeah, then we we got back in the church together. And uh, that's that's really when it took off at that point. Once I went back to church with my sister and her husband. Um, And then, yeah, like I said, I was ordained. I mean, I'm talking, you know, as oh, you ask about the difference between a prophetess and an evangelist. Mm. Well, the evangelist is the one who literally goes out into the streets and you knock it on doors and you the one preaching and teaching and um yeah so my cousin and I my cousin was a member of the church too so we used to um like we go into the projects and just be knocking on doors handing out flyers just rolling up in motherfuckers cribs like you want us to pray (laughs) for you like was nothing but then you know then we in the hood so it started getting dark and me and him like okay we got to get our asses out of here (laughs) why wasn't the lord protecting y'all y'all was bulletproof well you know the bible say don't tempt the lord though you know (laughs) what i'm saying don't don't test him he tests you you don't test him shit god's a piece of shit amy (laughs) man fuck that motherfucker right don't test the lord (laughs) man um and then let's see yeah i mean that's so that was the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I think that's what I got up to with you. I mean, what, what I know about you is so, so you got married while in college and, um, when did things start to seem, when did you start to either like head towards atheism or just like the string started to turn loose? You know, mm-hmm. like was was there anything in particular? I, I remember, you talking about um, going through a tough time with depression, right? Oh, was that yeah. where it began, or it or it was af- like much further after that? Well, I mean, I think that struggling with depression, um, it le- I don't know what word I want to use. It left me in a place that I was always in so much pain, and I was always like begging God to take away the pain mm-hmm. that I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't want, I won't say it necessarily lessened my faith, but it just constantly kept me in a state of like heightened stress or anxiety. Mm. So I'm like, even, even though in that moment in time, I'm, I might, I mean, I, then I wouldn't have said this right back then. Obviously I would have been like, Oh, I'm trusting God. I'm da 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 da. But deep on the inside, I really was like constantly trying to figure out like, why the fuck are you letting me suffer like this? Mm-hmm. And um, so I think I was always sort of, uh, you know, it was always a little yeah raw, you know, edge something there. Um, but what what I would say what really what really started to push us in the direction was that my husband and I we were in church and we were um, at this point at this point my my 
sister and her husband had moved to California. So we ended up going to a different church and and uh, that church was uh, it was more. It was more like prosperity gospel type. It was more along the lines of like a T.D. Jakes or something like not a whole lot of shouting. They taught about shouting and spirits and tongues and stuff like that. But that way it wasn't like a Pentecostal holiness church where yeah. that was the centerpiece, you know. Yeah, he didn't want to um, distract y'all from giving him that money. He's like, all right, all right calm down, yeah. people. We're going to pass the plate again for the fourth time. Hell yeah. He's like, I got to pay for my wife's BMW and my Harley and my oh, Escalade. So, let's, yeah, he really did. He had all that. So and, he uh, was the most paid in the, in the obviously in the church, but in the uh, neighborhood as well, right? Oh, hell yeah, man. I don't know. Well, I take it back. I don't know where he lived because he lived in a gated community and he didn't let people, only like the closest, closest people in the church like ever actually knew where he lived or saw his house or anything so um, no he lived in a he lived in a gated community so you couldn't just like you couldn't just like roll up by his house like that see he was like nah fuck that y'all motherfuckers <laughs> ain't seeing wow i'm living <laughs> and that always fucks with me because listen i'm not one to tell people to commit crimes or anything right but you know i grew up in the hood and <laughs> And because you hear about athletes getting their houses ran into because they got money or this. Mm. How come nobody's robbing no preachers? I mean, they just as much as right? pimps as anyone else. How come they ain't running in there? They probably scared because they know they're probably all ex pimps and they got the gun at the door and you ain't going to get nothing from them. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, and that pastor, that church, oh my God, he was such a type A. I, like, he was a jerk. I mean, he was a big, big time jerk to his wife and everything. Uh, I'm like, we probably would have went over there and it'd have been some strippers or something in the pool. <laughs> so crazy. He was such a jerk. Oh, oh my God. Um, But he used to, we were tithing. I mean, we were in church eight nights a week and, you know, we just <laughs> We were giving everything to that church, and we were going through so much on our own. Like I, like I said, I was depressed, and our marriage was kind of like, "What's going on here?" And financially, we were just—it was gross. House was repossessed. I mean, a car was repossessed. House was full of clothes. I mean, it was just nasty. Wow! And you and guys so, probably never missed a day tithing, huh? Hell no! Right? I was—we were paying tithes on our like student loan refund checks. Wow. Like, for real, for real. The refund yes. checks you had to give 10% to God? Yes, of course. The The refund yeah. check, I ain't even going to tell you the status of my student loans right now. Mm. But needless to, I, I'll just say I'm being forced like a motherfucker to pay this shit back. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm suffering and I can think back about this bitch ass, this you know, living in his house with stripper pools and escalates. <laughs> stripper pools. <laughs> stripper pools. <laughs> oh, man. All for my student loan money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we, so like I said, it wasn't that, it wasn't that we were like, you know, God, you must not be real. It was, I must be doing something wrong. Yeah. So let me step back. Let me study some more. I've already read the Bible. I pray. I I used to be deep in this thing, but I must be missing something because all this horrible shit wouldn't be happening to me. So I, so my husband at the time and I, we both sort of pulled back from the church and 
we started doing like more Bible study at home alone or doing our own little prayer things and stuff. Cause we were trying to be like, okay, let's, let us seek God for ourselves, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that's pretty much where shit started to unravel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Start mm-hmm. reading the book, you know, start considering some other ideas, uh, you know, start studying other theologies and, you know, doctrines and shit. And as I started to, you know, expand my view and then, you know, then you start learning about, uh, you know, contradictions in the Bible and biblical errancy and all of that stuff. So, you know, I did the whole, oh, I'm okay. I'm a Christian, but I'm more of a a liberal Christian. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I still believe that Jesus is the son of God, but you know, Hey, long as you worship, and then, well, maybe Jesus, I don't know, he might be, a, you know, a copycat of somebody else. But, you know, God is still real. So Damn. I still believe in God. And then it was, mm, something's in the universe, you know, something <laughs> keeps us all connected. I don't know if it's God, but it's something. Yeah. And then, you know, and then eventually one day I was just like, you know what? I don't live my life with any single concern about a God. And if there is a guy, he sure as hell don't give a shit about me. I'm a fucking atheist. Wow. And that was, that was sort of the my little light bulb came on <laughs> moment. It's like, I don't know if you there or not, but you don't give a fuck about me. Yeah. And I don't live my life as if you exist anyway. So You did the Bible okay. drop instead of the mic drop after that line, right? You did Bible the Bible drop. drop into the garbage can. <laughs> Right into the garbage. So yeah, it's yeah. it's funny because it feels like what you were doing, even though you weren't going like from different religions per se, like to like Islam or anything. It almost felt like a. And this is why they say uh, atheists say you should teach comparative religion classes in school in mm-hmm. high school because once you start to go to one religion or one let's say denomination or another or kind of pull away from what you were taught, and maybe you got help because you already went from. Uh, a Jehovah Witness to Methodist to Evangelical. So it doesn't have, because I only was in one religion and that seemed like the truth. But if you start to go mm. from one to the other, you're like, well, what's the difference between A or B? And like you said, so then you kind of said, well, because I kind of went with, well, Jesus, right? And then when I read the Bible and Jesus was bull, I'm like, what? what? That's the stupidest fucking story. This 33-year-old <laughs> shows up and he takes over the Jewish religion and says instead of the Lord up top, you got to follow him. You got to pray to him down there. No wonder the Jews were like, fuck you talking about? This is like over 600 years old. You want to start worshiping you, nigga? Like, we've been worshiping mm-hmm. that nigga in the sky and all of a sudden. So anyway, um, and then I went like you to, well, the, a universal God, a universal God. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it just slowly, and then you're just like, you know something? Man, this is all bullshit. It's some bullshit. Fuck this. Yeah. Right? I ain't got time for that. So yeah, yeah, that was that was how that went. I, wow. When people ask me to tell the story, I always feel like I there's I am so not doing justice to my experience <laughs> in, in telling my story. You know, in like twenty minutes. I mean, it is it's there's some crazy ass shit in my past. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when, especially when you start talking about like casting out demons and shit. What? Yeah. I wanted to we talk about to it, but then I didn't want to, you know, interrupt you and everything. So I didn't really, you know, <laughs> so, you know, don't blame that on me. <laughs> ask me, ask me about the No, yes, I, that, well, asking. because that was one thing I want, and I was going to, I wasn't going to just gloss over. I was actually going to bring it up anyway. I'm glad you brought it back up because 
That's something I went through too with my Pentecostal family. Um, we were big on demons. We were big on the rapture. We were big on demons walking around us. And my mother had mental problems and they told her it was demons, you know, stop taking your medicine. Mm. It's demons and, and shit like that. So I would love to hear about like your experience with, um, like, like just give me an example of someone that in, I, I guess in high, well, you can tell me something memorable and I won't stare you in any direction. You can tell me of an incident or something you kind of want to talk about. But when you said that about the, you know, your mom having mental stuff and them telling her that it was demons, like that just sent a shockwave through my body. And it might be partially because I'm, you know, maybe feeling a little warm, <laughs> but that is so, oh my God, that is so what I went through. And, you know, when it, I mean, I'm talking like borderline suicidal. Like I had gotten to the point that there was a period where I refused to go into the kitchen because there were knives in the kitchen and I was afraid of what I might do if I got too close to a, to a knife. And so I literally would not go into the kitchen unless my husband was home. And this was me going to church. You know, this was me fasting and praying and paying my tithes. And it was like, I cannot believe I'm this fucking depressed. But yeah, it was demons, you know, of course. What else? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, like, um, I remember going to the pastor of the, the very last church that I went to, the, you know, the man with the stripper pole. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> I remember going to him. Matter of fact, no, I went to his wife. I like scheduled a little counseling session with his wife and everything. And I I was going to go see a counselor. I was going to go see a therapist. And I was so embarrassed and I felt so guilty and so convicted that like I was actually considering going to see a secular therapist, you know, a mm. worldly counselor. So I go to talk to the pastor's wife. Remember, I told you the pastor was a jerk, right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to talk to his ass. So I wanted to talk to his sweet wife. Well, I get in there, I talk to her, and I said, you know, that I had been having thoughts about death. And she freaks out, so she goes and gets to her husband, which was, like, the worst thing wow. possible. Mm -hmm. And then he just sat there and, like, preached to me. He tried to be very nice. I'll, I'll give him that. He tried to be very nice. He was like, you know, you are a beautiful woman of God, and you are this, and God loves you. And this. So he tried to be nice. Mm -hmm. but he was like, you do not need to go see a worldly therapist. You do not need to take any medicine. You just need to pray some more. You just need to come to church some more. And I'm like, what the fuck, motherfucker? I'm already in here five nights a week. What the fuck you mean? If I'm in here any more than this shit, I'm sleeping in some damn pews. Like, <laughs> so I had just, I knew I was, I had already gotten a referral by my primary care doctor because I said, thoughts about death to the primary care doctor mm -hmm. so she made me so i had already had the referral i already had the appointment set up and everything i had not even been i felt so guilty just agreeing to the appointment that i had i felt like i had to go talk to the pastor and the pastor's wife because i just felt so guilty oh, about it but yeah. right mm -hmm. but um you were asking about something crazy that we did as far as demons. Yeah, but let's um, stay on here for a second because I this is another thing that, and obviously it hits home because I told you about my mother because um, mm -hmm. they made her stop taking her pills and shit like that. And, um, and not just her. I mean, I hear it all the time. I hear it just listening to podcasts, people giving testimonials or just, uh, ew, testimonials. That's so religious. 
um, or just uh, you know, friends <laughs> right. I've met. And the church can, you know, it, it fills you with guilt, especially like, you know, oh, it's your fault. That's why you can't get better. I mean, I, I have, um, I go through depression as well. And I, I try to talk to my sister who's a, a, still in the Pentecostal church. She's a Bible literalist and just like a really nice mm. person. But everything's like, you gotta <laughs> pray to Jesus. She knows him an atheist. Like her and I bang out about the Bible. And I always win, obviously. She's like, well, I gotta go. But look, like, exactly. Huh? But look, how terrible is that? That tells you what type of people you and I are for you to say. She's a biblical literalist. I mean, she's a nice person, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, because I was going to tell you some horrible shit that she did now. Well, yeah, I mean, well, because I'm not just an atheist. I'm an anti-theist, and I say that all the time because I hate religion. I really do. I hate when people say, well, religion isn't harming. If it doesn't harm anyone, it always harms people. Uh, What are you fucking talking about? Yes. You know what I mean? It is some harmful ass shit, regardless. So Even the moderates. You know, the moderate people, they're the motherfuckers that give you know, cover and shelter yeah. to the extreme ones, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the they, whole, we're not all whatever, whatever. Well, you fucking endorse that shit. Yeah. So I, the liberal Christians piss me off the most because it's like you, like how come people are using the Bible to say, you know, we can't have gay marriage and you guys are liberal Christians and you're not running in there in those town hall meetings and shit and saying, well, I'm a Christian and I think that's bullshit. And well, I think cause deep down liberal Christians know the hardcore Christians have the Bible. Like, what are you talking about? I'll turn in a motherfucking page and show you. And the liberal exactly. Christian is just going to be like, well, that just doesn't make me feel good, but I still got to believe in Jesus. So I don't believe in that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They don't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. But I, I just, <laughs> as far as, um, in, um, mental health within the black community, you know, I think it's, and and you know more than me. I mean, you're a secular counselor and um, that combined with how religious we are, it's just, Mm -hmm. we're we're such a vulnerable uh, community, you know, to be exploited Mm -hmm. to, and and who knows, you know, maybe people end up self-medicating with drugs and alcohol and things like that. And, and then, you know, because the, the most self-destructive people in my family were also some of the most religious, not always, but a lot mm-hmm. of them, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and the women suffered. Well, we'll get into that because I want to get into how religion treats women and stuff when we talk about your book. So let's mm-hmm. stop here unless you have something to say and we can get into an example of you being a prophetess in excising a deeming. Oh, okay, no, we're good. All right. What you want to ask me? So what kind of, so you've done essentially an exorcism, right? I mean, I know we don't call it that the Catholic church does, but you got a demon out of someone and, um, we called it, we called it deliverance. Okay. Deliverance. That's interesting. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Um, mm-hmm. okay. Deliver so, me from evil, you know? Yeah. From the whole. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Deliver me from evil. Um, so what, what's kind of a memorable thing? Like, when what what okay maybe I should ask what was one of this because obviously you were a believer right you you weren't you said you weren't like just um faking it till you make it so I'm curious was there an instant where like you were terrified like this person is like this demons in them and you felt like fear for your own safety or well just like what's an mm. example like what's the like set the scene like are you go to people's homes and. You're, are you called there or is it just like, you know, someone comes to you and says, I'm sick and um, and maybe even they have depression and then you kind of help exercise that demon that's 
creating that depression in them. Is that what it is like? Mm. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, first to back up, I one of my earliest experiences where I was absolutely terrified was when I was in middle school. You know, I told you I was going to church with my aunt. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they were like supposedly casting out a demon. And it was all like, oh, you know, you guys need to stay in the back. Or you just need to be praying and, keep, and you know, hold this Bible in your hand and just pick a scripture, just, just open the Bible anyway, just start reading it out loud. And it was like, because if you didn't, then when they cast the demon out of this woman, it might jump on you. And this was us in middle school. Like we either, we either needed to be praying or we needed to be like reading a Bible scripture out loud while they were doing the casting out. And so I remember being scared as shit back then. (laughs) Um, And then there's always so many horror stories, you know, about, people lifting up off of the ground or their eyes turning red or they you know a man's voice coming out of a woman's mouth and did you see so that they, stuff they kept, no i never saw any of that oh, shit. okay but i heard a lot of stories man mm. i heard a lot of stories yeah um, they they just beat but, them stories in you right now like literally well in my family it was literally but like they just tell you it over and over I remember repeating so many stories like I saw it. My, I wouldn't say I saw it, but I'd repeat it like it was gospel. Like it was like mm-hmm. I heard it from God himself. I would be telling my friends mm-hmm. like, oh, and then the woman came here and then this happened and that happened. <laughs> oh, my right. God. Yeah. Yeah. Telling it like you were right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we as far as casting out demons, I mean, we either did it, you know, like in the church, people during the church service or. Mm. Once I became ordained, then I would go out to like the members' houses if they were having a hard time for something or whatever, whatever. I would go to their houses to pray with them. And pretty much, yes, everything was a demon. It was like, mm. you know, if you couldn't pay your rent this month, you know, were, are you paying your tithes? Yeah, I'm paying my tithes. Okay, well, it must be a demon of, you know, <laughs> some kind of something or or stupid shit like you watched a scary movie. And so because you watched a scary movie, a demon attached itself to you. And that's why you can't be blessed. And so we need to get rid of this demon that's in your life. Or, yeah. um, I mean, there was a demon for everything. Like yeah. for every, if your car didn't crank, there was probably a demon. So, you know, stopping you yeah. from, it was everything. It was everywhere. And so we would just, um, basically to cast the demon out, you just read some Bible scriptures. We mm-hmm. normally would read the, like some scriptures about Jesus casting out demons. So we would probably read that. And, you know, you got to tell people some stuff about being, you know, about their faith got to be strong and you got to be in here praying because otherwise when we cast this demon off of this person, it's going to look for some, somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. And if you ain't prayed up, it might be you. You know, now that you say, it's like I almost forgot. I guess I forgot, and I'm like, because of movies and the Catholic Church, and I, I forgot. Yeah, I, I do know what you're talking about. I'm I'm so caught up in ex- exorcism. I've been reading about that a lot lately for some weird reason. Mm-hmm. And I forgot, like, in, in like our type of religion, it's just really praying over them and, like, praying hard and everyone, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, pray for them, pray for them, pray. And, like, that's really what it is, right? You're, you're, you're putting hands on them. You're, you're just, like, trying. And, and you, you're almost, in a way, just trying to comfort that person. They don't know it. You don't know it. But in your mind, that's the casting out demons, right? It's just, like, 
You yeah. want to pray for them, and yeah, okay. I don't know why I was thinking like in my mind. I had this, Something like, like that. I had this prophetess, right? Just because I've never, for one, I've never heard the word prophetess before. Um, oh, so I, I immediately okay. saw like, <laughs> like you in some long white robe approach the door, you know, and it's like <laughs> the door opens and there's some kid fucking going crazy, and they're like, oh, "The prophetess is here. The prophetess is here." There oh, you the go. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Come into yeah. my temple or something, lay yeah. on my altar. I don't know. <laughs> Man, my imagination got the best of me. I mean, not to say that that probably happens <laughs> in some crazy small fucking church somewhere, but okay, yeah, oh, no, yeah. I, I do get that. Yeah, because everything when when you said a demon is in everything, a de- yeah, it's like I forgot my gremlin. Because I guess I grew up to the point where I'm like, yeah, okay, Granny. She's like, oh, a demon here and a demon there. And, Oh, the demon, <laughs> your, your, your brother went to jail and, and a demon's in him. A, de- a demon drive him to, to go sell the drugs, you know. De- like, Granny, he wanted some money and he went and did some dirt. What are you talking about? A demon? Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, when it comes to mental illness, though, when it comes to that stuff, mm. if you are being told that you're depressed because you have a demon, okay, well, I'll go pray and I'll have the demon cast out and you feel good for a while and then you start to get depressed again, okay, well, that demon came back, so then you got to go get prayed for mm-hmm. again. So, and by the time you do that so many times, you get embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I can't keep going back and telling them I'm still depressed. What am I, that, they're going to yeah. think that I'm doing something to invite this demon back yeah. into my life. So there comes a time where it was, like I said, it was embarrassing. I didn't want people to know because that must mean I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like people go, oh my God, people going to think I must be looking at porn or something. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I keep getting this demon in my life? And it was like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, probably not listening yeah. to your husband, maybe cheating on him. You know what I mean? Their, oh, their imagination yeah. will run wild on you. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. All of that. Not submissive enough. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny because mm-hmm. when you look at the black community, I mean, there's so many ills plaguing us. Uh, demons everywhere. Oh, your kid got kicked out of school. Oh, your kid. You know what I mean? It's just Demon. like, yeah, the, the church yes. is made for a miserable community because then we- you're never pleasing the Lord when the world's up against you and you, you know, and you get fired from your job and shit like that. Yes. Yeah. Me and you, I just had an idea. Me and you, we need to make like a YouTube video that's like, you know, to show people doing stupid stuff like, you know, did you drop your Starbucks coffee? And then like a big stamp will like go over their face and be like, demon. Did that old lady cut you off in traffic? Demon. Go ahead, sorry. And then we're selling, we're, we're selling some kind of demon reading service, like some spray or something, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. That that would be funny. And, and, all, and, and it could be a good scam because all you're really doing is, and not only are we just giving them the spray, we like help them <laughs> with them and not like, like they always lose their keys. So you find some way to help them find their keys without them knowing it's you. And like, yeah. they always like, like their kid got suspended from school. So you go to school and go bribe someone. And then the kid, yeah, Hey, yeah. look, the, use the spray. And I guarantee you tomorrow the principal's going to call you and say, your son can come back to school. Like, no, 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 no. We got to make money, like big money off of this shit. So what we do is, like homeopathy, you familiar with that? Like yes. you have, we'll have like a little, a little different type of spray for everyone, like a spray for like badass kids, or a spray for like you know a dirty house, or a spray for, 
You know what I'm saying? And then and they're basically all like different. They're all the same with like maybe some Febreze mixed into the water or something <laughs> like that. And it's like a different spray for every potential demon yeah, in your life. The skeptics will come after us, and I don't want that. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to make. I'm all about that paper. We're like, what the fuck? Okay, skeptics, I don't care. I'm right? making money. They can't beat us. They're they, they gonna be scared of us anyway. I'm be like, yo, why are you picking on the one black team? There's like 50 white people right, right down the street making that paper, and you pick on the one and black that's man what and it woman. Comes down to. <laughs> And they'll feel all guilty. Hey, 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 racist man. ass, right? Racist <laughs> ass motherfuckers. They'd be like, "Hey, I'm not voting for Trump, okay? Hillary's my girl, man. Hillary's my girl." I'd be like, "You ever heard of the crime Fuck. bill, motherfucker? Hillary ain't my girl." Nah, let me stop. <laughs> right. Too too late, motherfucker. Too late. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now you gotta pay <laughs> me for this spray, motherfucker. You want me to go away? <laughs> this is to make me go away and make you feel less white guilt. I'd be like, "Here, take whatever's exactly. in my wallet. Just take it. Take it." Okay. Hey, that's a spray right there. <laughs> White fragility, fragility spray. Right. Like tired of feeling sensitive about every motherfucking thing. <laughs> Spray some Yo, white fragility. fragility. That, that would be hilarious. Like he bumps into a black guy that usually feels uncomfortable. And he just like sprays it on a black it's guy right and walks away. It's just a black guy's like, what the fuck was that? Right, like some sorry. sanitizer or something. That's funny. Oh, God, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, this is going over the, off the rails. So, okay, let's <laughs> take a quick break and then go to the fuck boy. Uh, Hell yes. Week, and then we'll come back and then we'll talk about Ebony Exodus, which I can't wait to talk about. Sounds good. Cool. Pay, pay, pay. Fuckboy, noun, a contemptible man. Okay, time for the fuckboy. Well, let me do it right. Time for the Steve motherfucking fuckboy Harvey fuckboy of the week award. And I will let Miss Candace go first. So who's your fuckboy of the week? Okay, so here's this stupid ass motherfucker. Did you <laughs> hear about Terrence Cunningham? He's the president of the like International Association of Ch- Chiefs of police or something. Did you hear about him early nah, this week? Nah, haven't. What? Oh my God. Okay. So this motherfucker calls himself apologizing for all of the, like the professions, you know, police professions, mistreatment of black people or something like that. I heard about like, it. Like, uh, you did? Yeah, you did? Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So I'm, I, I like actually screenshot it like pieces of the bullshit this man said. So I got to tell you about it. OK, mm. so one of the things he said was in the past, the laws adopted by our society have required police officers to perform many unpalatable tasks, such as ensuring legalized discrimination or even denying the basic rights of citizenship to many of our fellow Americans. Okay, first of all, motherfucker. Okay, the laws 
we're not just talking about the laws that require it. Like, some of y'all motherfuckers, it's just me. Like, y'all choosing to <laughs> shoot and kill motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no law tell you you got to walk up and, like, paralyze, you know, somebody. No, there ain't no law. You just being crazy. And then, I didn't like this word, unpalatable. Perform unpalatable tasks. No, that shit's fucked the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Unpalatable is like... I don't like vinegar on my collard greens. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I prefer hot sauce on my collard greens. Y'all shooting motherfuckers in the street is not unpalatable. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you are already trying to minimize shit. I don't like that. Right. Then check this out. He emphasized that these darker periods are in the past. Darker periods are in the past. (laughs) Adding, while this is no longer the case, the dark side of our shared history has created a multi multi-generational almost inherited mistrust between many communities of color and their law enforcement agencies. No wow. longer the motherfucking case. <laughs> Did he just say this shit on Monday, Monday, wow. the eight, what's that? The, the 17th or something of 2017. You telling me that this shit is of the past. Yeah, it's it. Any, you know what's funny? I saw it but didn't click on it because I just thought it was some bullshit, feel good excuse, uh, apology. But now that you read it, it's even worse. He's almost he's almost giving the cops a pass by putting it on the like let's say structural like issues, and then saying and that's why black people mistrust us because of because of some shit we used to do in the past. Instead of being like, no, they mistrust you because of shit you're doing now. Exactly. Shit you, and it's funny because I can't wait till I get to my fuck boy because it totally relates to this. Um, But yeah, it's, okay. it's crazy for him to be like, he, he's totally getting so much props while excusing away police actions and kind of saying, and that's why black people mistrust us. It's not their fault. It's this institutional bullshit that we're forced to do and make unpalatable um actions towards a community or however the fuck he worded it. Oh man! Right, wow. and, and it gets worse though. It gets worse, Ishmael. Hold on. <laughs> it says, <laughs> "Let me see. Let me make sure I find the right one." Uh, 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 uh. Dang. Take your time. He says, "Um, oh, he says at the same time. Oh, damn. Hold on. At the same time, those who denounce the police must also." First of all, pause. I must not do shit, yeah, motherfucker. Don't use says. the goddamn word must <laughs> with me. Okay? Shit. Okay. <laughs> Those who denounce the police must also acknowledge that today's officers are not to blame for the injustices of the past. Fuck That's you. a quote from his speech. Oh, my God. Fuck that dude, okay, man. You, you glad I bought this motherfucking yes, boy? Yes, because I didn't show, ain't you? I just thought it was some feel-good bullshit. That, it's even worse. Right? If either side is of this, uh, if either side in this debate fails to acknowledge these fundamental truths, we will be unlikely to move past them. What? Today's oh. officers are not to blame for the injustices of the past. Okay, you know what? Maybe you didn't create the crime that you didn't commit the crime that your racist ass father did, but you create you you doing your own fucking racist mm-hmm. ass crime. <laughs> like no, mm-hmm. you didn't do the shit of the past. You doing the shit of twenty sixteen. Wow, 
Wow. Right? That motherfucker said people who mistrust the cops must acknowledge that. Oh, that people who mistrust the cops have fucking evidence of today that they go through. I got shit that I went through. Shit that I went through fucking 10 years ago. Shit that I went through fucking a couple times this year when I get pulled over and I'm talked a certain way to. And there's motherfuckers getting shot without guns and shit like that. And then they place a stun right. gun next to you. And then, they, come on, he... That that was, said, that was the dumbest thing for him to say when we're in the middle of a bunch of investigations and people protesting and people dying every week. Go ahead. I'm sorry. This dude is a fuck boy. Ishmael. I'm not even to the best motherfucking part yet. <laughs> <laughs> Another piece of bullshit this motherfucker says is uh, all members of our society must realize that we have a mutual obligation to work together to ensure fairness dignity security and justice wow what the what? fuck do we need to do what do we what? need to do to right. work with the cops cops need to fucking respect us a mutual obligation so you holding me at gunpoint and i got a mutual obligation to do what say yes massa exactly. i'll suck your dick <laughs> yep. you know what i'm saying i got these cheeseburgers like what is it that you want me to fucking say or do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay, okay, okay. So, hold on. Let me find one more. Um, okay. So, this is where, this is what happened. Okay. So, I heard about this guy, right? You know, you hear about him, like you said, for a couple of days. I ain't think shit of it. Now, I listen to NPR all the time. That's why I'm so smart, right? I'm conceited. I'm an NPR snob. <laughs> so, okay. That's why I'm so fucking smart um, and classy and shit. Because mm-hmm. I listen to NPR. So I'm listening early this week. And they got this motherfucker on, right? And um, he's talking to, what is that? Her name is Kelly McEvers. I can't I can't remember the name of the show she was on. But anyway, I can, you can. So she says, um, let's see. He says, President Obama, yep. And I, uh, he said, think this was an opportunity for us to say, look, we need to get both sides out of the corners. I've been thinking about this. Actually, I started thinking about it back in July after the five officers were killed in Dallas. Oh my god. And then and then the officers were killed in Baton Rouge. And you say, "Okay, this has to end. This violence <laughs> against the police needs to end." What? Oh my god. What? It wasn't dead you... boys. Ugh. What? Now, he didn't say that in the speech. He didn't say that shit on the motherfucking stage. He said this to the NPR girl. What? This police against the violence needs to end, and you want to motherfucking talk to me about a goddamn mutual obligation to do what, motherfucker? Fuck you. Oh, man. Fuck you. And Obama, you know, everybody's loving the, you know what I'm saying? I love Obama. But Obama's up there on the stage with him. Everybody's loving this motherfucker for what he said. But oh I wonder God. how many people know that this was his real impetus. His impetus was not empathy for the black men and women laying dead in the street, the children. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The developmentally disabled, the mentally ill. That was not the thing that made him say, Hey, maybe we need to apologize for a lifelong, you know, this long running shit 
No, 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 no. It was five motherfucking police officers in wow. Dallas, Texas. One of them motherfuckers we know was probably a damn white supremacist with all them tattoos and shit, right? Mm-hmm. So that's your... Oh, my God. When I heard him say that, I knew in that moment, this is my fuck boy. I cannot <laughs> wait to tell Ishmael about this stupid-ass fucking cunning oh somebody or another. That's... That, like that, it couldn't have been worse. And I'm so glad he fucked up and told the truth. Because right. it's when the cops died, it wasn't when Tamir Rice died, it wasn't when, uh, what, who was it? Walter, was Walter Scott the one that was running uh-huh. from the cop? Like he was mad far and the cop just clapped him and then he went and put the taser near him on video. I don't remember. It's so many it's fucking so many. deaths. It's and so many. And I feel many. bad that I don't remember. But, so it wasn't those shootings. It's it wasn't. Because- this guy, you shouldn't feel bad because it's so many motherfuckers like yeah. every day. It's and it was the five fucking police officers in Dallas wow. and in Bat and then those ones in Baton Rouge. Really? Yeah, fuck, fuck you. you. I, 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 I. So uh, is that the end of kicking your fuck boy in the teeth? That's my fuck boy. Yes. Okay, Stupid ass okay. motherfucker. And it's funny because you honestly didn't tell me about that fuckboy. You were because you had someone else, and then you just was like, "Yo, I got this fuckboy. I can't wait to let you know." So it's funny you got one because when you talked about who they kill, and you said, "You know, uh, the elderly, mentally ill, blah blah blah." I mean, this one is exactly that. It's the co- of mm-hmm. course I don't know the cop's name because now that cops are killing people left and right, they are like, "Hey, let's just not tell anyone who fucking killed this person." So it was a black woman. And I had to jump around to find her name. Her name is Deborah Danners. She was a 66-year-old mentally ill black woman who... Mm. Ha- have you heard about it? I didn't... Cl- I saved the link. I oh, okay. I not read it yet, but I know what you're talking about. So go ahead, tell me, because I, all so, I know is what the headline says. Yeah, so a neighbor calls and says, you know, my neighbor's acting in an irrational manner. Now, just let this be known, and they admit it, the NYPD, she's known to them. They know she's mentally ill or they say emotional illness or whatever. 66-year-old woman. They get there. They go in her home. She's in her bedroom with scissors, right? She's in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. And this guy, she's in her bedroom with scissors. She puts it down. They get her to put it down. She picks up a bat. And they say she uh, uh, begins to go towards the officer to hit him with the bat. The motherfucking officer shoots her two-time, kills her. The officer has a mm-hmm. taser. He does not use it. He mm. does not take it out. He just murders this 66-year-old mentally ill black woman with mm-hmm. two gu- I'm telling you, I'll give that woman a knife and I'm not going to shoot her. If, if I don't have a right. taser, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take, get the knife from her or whatever you want to do. I'm not murdering some old lady with a bat. Never mind. She, she put down the scissor, had a motherfucking bat, and he murders her. So now there's right. this investigation and people in New York are getting really hot. Because what the fuck? I mean, there was a video before where they pepper sprayed some 90-year-old woman. You know what I mean? And they roughed her up. I mean, they treat little black children like grown men and grown uh, women. And they treat fucking old elderly black people like like they're fucking like in their 30s and they're built and they're men. Even the women, this 66-year-old woman could come at me. You know what yes. I mean? And you felt the need oh, to put two oh, fucking uh-huh. bullets in. You wanted to murder her. Because if I if I think of a 66-year-old woman getting shot, I'm, I'm immediately going to think, most likely, chances are she's going to be dead. And he puts two in her. Yeah. So anyway, let, let me just read a yeah, little you just bit wanted of this. It. You just wanted to kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. a lot and, of them oh, do. But, 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 Ishmael, you have a mutual obligation. Okay. <laughs> 
right? Fuck you guys got to stop shooting them cops, yo. Like, oh, didn't whoever shot them cops, aren't they dead? Black people aren't going out left and right assassinating fucking cops. Just stop acting like that's exactly. the problem. That's really the problem, my son? Man. Oh, my God. Uh, so, let me I ju- mean, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. I could just... Nah, the, I don't, the, the mental really illness piece really... Go ahead. I, I, I have had... The, the, the shooting down the black mentally ill men is really triggering me. I mean, I have been driving in my car and listening in the stories and just burst out crying because mm. you know I not to give too much detail but there is a, a significant a male family member that's very important to me who mm. is severely mentally ill and I mean severely as in you would think that you know you you know the the crackhead looking person walking down the street talking to himself that mm-hmm. everybody go across the street for well, really, ain't nothing wrong with him. He's just psychotic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He just he just talking to the voices in his head. He ain't yeah. talking to nobody. He ain't hurt nobody. Yeah, but I see that all the time. It terrifies me. It terrifies me because I know they've had to call the cops on him so many times because they have not been able to get him psychologically, you know, stabilized. And I remember listening to this. I was on my way to the doctor's office, and this was just a few weeks ago. And I was listening to NPR, of course, because I'm classy and shit. And, um, <laughs> and and they were playing this story of this black man that they killed. And he was schizophrenic, which this family member of mine is schizophrenic. And what was it? He was he was in the street for something. He was driving. I think he was driving. I think he was driving. I can't think of all of the specific details. Anyway, they were playing. They were playing audio, of the, you know, this is the radio playing audio mm. of this and the shootout. Do you remember when they caught that um, one of them Sinaiyav brothers and they did you ever hear that audio of them shooting at him? And when he was hiding, you know, the Boston Marathon bomber. Did you ever hear about when they caught him? And no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When he was hiding in the boat. In the boat. And you yeah. did you ever hear the audio of how many times they fucking shot yeah. at that motherfucker? Yeah. This is what that sounded like. Wow. I mean, it was so many. It was like all these cops, all these cops shooting at him. And just the audio of these gunshots going off, knowing that they're shooting at a black man with schizophrenia. And knowing I have this black man family member with schizophrenia mm-hmm. who's had to have the cops called on him multiple times. I mean, I broke down in tears. And this was just a few weeks ago. So I'm like, fuck y'all motherfuckers. Y'all have no fucking idea the trauma that you are inflicting on the black community right now. Like, fuck this mutual obligation bullshit. I ought to chop you and your fucking Adam's apple for coming out (laughs) your mouth with some shit like that. You come talk to me when you breaking down in tears at a stoplight because you're listening to what could very well be your family member any day now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fuck that. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean it. Uh, Tamir Rice did that to me and it still does it to me. When I see that video, when I see, cause I have a, a cousin his age, I have a godson that's actually older now, but I mean, he's even in more danger. But to see a little boy on a playground playing mm-hmm. with a toy gun and they murder mm-hmm. him and say it's justified, 
that I mean, I get angry, but that kind of broke my heart. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Uh, like, you can just course. murder us. You can just murder us. You can murder our children with toy guns and, and nothing's wrong. No one goes to jail. Nothing happens. And then we f- fucking forget about it. And you got this piece of shit. And even, even other people, some confused, uninformed fucking black people, too, talking about we need to come together both sides. What the fuck are you? We want to live our lives. We want to just live our lives. What do you mean right. come together? Stop killing well, us and kill- we won't have a problem. You act like yeah, we're yeah. fucking like, like they, they act like it's the Black Panthers. And even though it still ain't no fucking come together if the Black Panthers were today, but they're acting like there's the Black Panthers and there's the cops and we need to come together. Nigga, it's just a black community trying to live their life and you're just murdering us. Just regular and we just trying to go to the grocery store. You know what I'm saying? We just yeah. sitting at our bus stops trying to pick up our children. Yeah, you know, or oh, what about the black man? The one that really gets me, this thing is, you know, it's not the most extreme example, but the man, he was a caseworker, social worker, whatever, and he was with yes. the, the, and then, and then the explanation being, oh, we accidentally shot the black man because we were shooting at the disabled dude. Like, yeah, like that's a good excuse. Like, that was better. And, and they got I off, didn't they? Didn't they say it was justified? Yes. They said we were trying to shoot yes. the dude with the truck because they knew he had a truck. They didn't say they would say we're trying to shoot the disabled dude. But earlier they said they knew it was a truck. Like, I guess on a dispatch, they knew he didn't have a gun. Black man lays down hands in the air. Does all he's supposed to fucking do. And he still gets shot. Ugh. And he still gets shot. But you got shot because you were shooting at the retarded dude. Like, so, and, and I'm not even sure. You, Who knows? Uh, they could have just been like, God. I'm going I'm to I'm clip this little black man right here. It just makes you so fucking angry. In uh, in my the book that I'm writing now, I'm gonna spend yeah, some let's... time talking about. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna spend some time talking about these motherfuckers are mad at us because we don't have Stockholm syndrome. Some of our some of our some not do. quite as woke, <laughs> right? Black people hashtag you ain't woke, whatever, <laughs> right? But. Y'all, y'all get mad because we waking up and we deciding we don't have Stockholm syndrome anymore. That we're not going to fucking bend over and kiss your damn ass. Yeah. And thank you for what? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Fuck that. Even my daughter, my daughter is 12, and even she don't even like to see the cops coming. <laughs> so what does that mean? I mean, serious. You know, yeah. it sounds no. I mean, very serious. Yeah. My daughter is my daughter is woke as shit, <laughs> and. She, she is like, I, she don't, I, whew, that gets me emotional. I feel it's, you. It makes you so fucking angry. It's, it's like we, it's like black people live in occupied territory. Like we're not in our country or we're in our country and there's an invading force. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're not yeah. like the people who are a part of our community. Like it's like we're not Americans and there's some, let's say, and it, let, let's say we're living in Iraq when they did uh, uh, Iraqi Freedom Operation. And we're just mm-hmm. Iraqis trying to live. And there's uh, U.S. soldiers walking around. And you know what I mean? That's how it feels. Like, I don't feel exactly. a part of it. When I see a cop, I feel like he's like or more. I am. I stand out more to him no matter what I'm doing, no matter whether I'm driving or riding my bike or whatever. And he can pull me over if he wants. Like, if he got nothing to do, like, oh, mm-hmm. there goes a the fucking nigga. Let me go fuck with him for a little bit. And he mm-hmm. can do that. What am I going to do? He can do and that. You know he what? Can... Go ahead. I'm reclaiming the word ghetto. 
because we use ghetto as if it's like black people who are horrible black people living in this poor area. But if you think, what is the what is the source of like where did ghetto come from? Ghetto came from y'all putting the Jews in these poor, enclosed, overrun places that are occupied by motherfucking Nazis. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, black people do live in the ghetto. And the ghetto is occupied by y'all motherfucking white ass police officers and Nazis. And black too. A cop a cop is a a cop is a cop to me. As long as they got blue on, I don't give a fuck what color you are. I've been treated like dirt with by black cops and Mexican cops, so I don't get it could be a white cop or whatever the fuck. You got blue on, I'm your suspect because I know I'm a suspect. Exactly. Yes. You and yes, you're right. You're right about that. Yeah. Shit. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh <laughs> man, I, I like doing a fuck boy with you. <laughs> this is why we need this is why you need Alex. So of course you know Alex is the one who put me on to you, right? Yeah. Let's yeah. do a show, me, you and him, like as soon as possible. Well do that. Totally. I I I so let's move along from the fuck boy and let's start talking about the Ebony Exodus Project. You down? Yes. Let's go. Candice, so let's start talking about your book, uh, The Ebony Exodus Project, Why Some Black Women Are Walking Out on Religion and Others Should Too. Now, I thought this book was great. Um, one thing I liked about this book, and I'll just say from the top, I listened to the audiobook, right? I bought the book and I uh, got the audiobook. And I sent the book to a friend, a uh, black female atheist. And because I started listening to the audiobook, and because I had a free credit on my Audible, so I was like, "Yeah, let me." I I didn't know where there was an audio. So you ain't. Yeah. So you ain't even pay for that shit then. Uh, well. I get no. No, I think you do well, okay. because I get paid <laughs> because I pay every month. So I have you know, and I have so I have like uh, over a hundred audiobooks. I'm I'm huge on reading and or and listening to audiobooks. And if I really like an audiobook, I like to buy it. Um, like buy the book yeah. and read it myself. Um, no, but I just had a credit because I pay like Audible. You know Audible, so you have to pay like what 14, happened was 19. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay, it's not like I was like. So I found this torrent of your book, and I was like, oh shit, I could download it for free. <laughs> right. uh, but the thing yes, when I, yes. I okay. immediately when I was listening, and, and you narrate your audiobook, and it immediately reminded me of the color purple for some reason. Maybe it's your accent. Maybe it's like, you know what I mean? You have this way. And I said, man, I want. <laughs> You've been on, You've been my, on my mind. So, but Alice, oh, Alice Walker uh-huh. actually uh, narrates hers too, right? She narrates The Color Purple. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, even mm. though she's from Georgia, I guess she's been away from so long. She doesn't have none of the country that you have. Because I, I was like, man, you, you should actually read The Color Purple. You know what I mean? Because it felt like she was almost acting when she was doing it. But anyway. Uh, so even my audio sounded very um country. That was my professional. Yeah, no, no, but in a good way. In a good way. Not, I don't mean okay. country. I could hear the accent. I'm from the East. So 
we'll always hear someone who don't sound like us. And then when they say we got to accent, right. we're like, what are you talking about? Right. Anyway, <laughs> um, so let's talk about this book. What made you want to write it? Oh, well, let's let before I guess we should let the audience know what the book is about. The book is about obviously from the title, black women walking away from religion. But what you do is you interview 10 black women and kind of even just kind of have a conversation and you, uh, they tell their story or you write their story out, um, talking about the process of leaving religion while well, being within religion, the process of leaving it and the repercussions, right? Is that a good way to summarize it? Yes. Okay. Per- excellent way. Uh huh. Okay. Um, and also real quick, what I really like, cause you're a researcher as well, which I mentioned earlier, you also have these great notes and breakdowns like, uh, and there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about, uh, stats, but we can get into that later. So just getting into why you wrote the book, look, what, what made you want to sit down and write a book about black women leaving religion? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So to go way back to my Christian days, right. I always had in my mind a book and this was the title and it was so controversial that the only person who knew it was my husband at the time was um, Jesus is all you need and other lies the church tells <laughs> that was my book title while you in were my a mind as a Christian Damn. Yes. <laughs> because remember I was going through this super depression and I felt like something is missing like God and I was and I remember at the time I was really overweight and I wanted to lose weight like it was just so much stuff that I wanted to work on and I felt like the church was not support like they didn't provide the support that you needed to achieve these very practical real life goals right Mm -hmm. and um so that was the old idea that's just that but what happened was once I came out I mean once I um you know started really questioning my own beliefs and you know you start meeting people on Facebook and blah 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 and I just started thinking about like my own struggle with depression and just sort of in the course of conversation with people and stuff you re- I realized like man look at all these uh other uh, other black women well actually what happened when I was in grad school when I was working on my master's actually um I had to do a lit review. So I had to, you know, literature review is basically where you read a whole bunch of research and you summarize that bitch. So I, my thing even then was looking at black women and religiosity and um, depression rates. And this was me in, you know, grad school for counseling. And so as I started um, studying that, now at that time I was still, on that, you know, I was still a Christian, but I was kind of starting to de, you know, deconvert. Um, I wouldn't have even start. I wasn't even officially starting the deconversion process then. But um, so once I, but once I did become a full blown atheist, then I'm like, okay, I had my master's degree by then, and I was had, you know, was dealing with my own mental illness issues quite well. And I thought, man, you know, this is probably a big deal. Let me see who else is having these issues. And so I actually ended up interviewing something like 25 or 26 different women. And it was, you know, black women who used to be religious at one point in time and they were no longer. And I just felt like I just wanted to tell other women's stories because the more I interacted with people on Facebook, the more you realize like, wow, you know, a lot of other black women deal with the same stuff, but you know, we're all, as soon as you bump into somebody like you on Facebook, it's all, Oh my God, 
oh, there's another black woman who's depressed like me. Yay. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and uh, so that was the idea. That's basically where that came from was I realized that there were a lot of other women out there and we didn't know, you know, we didn't know about each other. Wow. Um, I started all of this research back in 2011 or 2000. Yeah. Cause the book came out in 2012, I think. So I started it all in 2011. So, you know, we're talking, you know, this was like the early days of black non-believers, mm-hmm. you know, the bunch. So this is like really up at the beginning and, it, you know, the black atheist, vibe was you know was still real fresh hmm. Mm-hmm. okay wow that's interesting and you wow you start 2011 finished it 2012 you ain't playing huh well you know back then <laughs> <laughs> oh now you playing <laughs> I think, well hey life yeah life is a Ex- motherfucking bitch is yeah. all i can say <laughs> facts hashtag facts exactly <laughs> okay so um so one thing that was well, let's get into the researcher stats. Um, a couple of things that I I knew but I didn't to he, to read it to see it written really got me. Um, let me read this part. It says uh, it's on the um, part called lack of education, and it says despite being among the most sexually conservative religious demographics in America, black women have among the highest rates of unplanned pregnancies in the country. In addition, while they represent only 13% of the female population, they receive 35% of all abortions. Now, and you use these stats to kind of, and, and you connect it, and there's another part about porn and sex ed, um, people learning through watching porn. And you talk about, like, and, and I saw it as a way to show how religion, uh, religion excuse me, can... Um, and it's such a weird connection with the black community because religion plus uh, poor, you know, educational system can really make us very ignorant to basic stuff. I mean, in America, the, <laughs> the more religious you are, the more ignorant you are to a lot of things. Reproductive, they try to keep condoms away from you. And do you think that's real? That's the connection? Like, because they're religiously conservative, they probably know very little and aren't taught about safe sex and things like that or what? Absolutely. I mean, because just so much as talking about it could potentially bring a demon into your life. Right. Why Mm -hmm. even entertain an idea if you disagree with it? Like, that's the mentality. Wouldn't you say like you don't even entertain an idea if it goes against God's word. So there's no point in talking about it. No point in thinking about it. God say you ain't supposed to have sex before. If I so much as have a conversation with you about the correct usage of a condom, I am mm-hmm. now giving you permission to go have sex. So I can't do that. And it's like, oh, yeah. my gosh, like, don't we see? Don't we see that we are like just ravaging our community yeah. and our bodies? Yeah, it's in. And, and you want to know what stood out to me? Um, just and I wanted to say this uh, like immediately um re- just reading that sentence and every i've read this a number of times uh that sentence in when it talks about religious demographics in america and then it says black and the fact that it says woman i'm always thrown by that or surprised because and i realize we never just talk about black women it's usually the black community it's never black mm-hmm. women or it's black men when it comes to police brutality mm-hmm. when it comes to and that's one thing i immediately noticed when I started reading your book, this is about black women. I mean, 
and, and I've gotten closer and closer to um, understanding black women more and more um, in the past year or two, being in a few Facebook groups. Because I grew up around all black women. All the guys were pieces of shit and running out, mm-hmm. running oh, I around. I thought you were going to say you grew up with a bunch of white girls and shit. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, no. no, no. Look, hashtag no judgment. <laughs> hashtag I'm still black. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, but I grew up around black, older black women. And, you know, and black guys, black women, you know, whether you're sleeping with them or not, you black women don't have much of a voice in our community. And obviously a lot of that's changing. And I can see the pushback from the men who feel like, hey, why are you trying to make us the villain? We're getting killed by the cops. And a lot of men are having trouble dealing with, listen, we're problematic towards our women within our community. They're more likely to be killed by us, by us to be killed by the cops. You know what I mean? So right. clearly we need to start yes. looking at that. Um, yes. And guys have problems with it because they feel like a victim because they are within this community, within the, the country. But dude, you got to back the fuck up and understand. Well, anyway, before I get into all that, yeah. your book just stood out and I said, and I'm like, I want my sister to read this, man. I want her just like, mm. but she's too religious. Like this, like you were saying earlier, is of the devil. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. of the devil. So she would not. But I'm just like, man, I, like. And I, I tried to keep my voice as neutral as possible. Mm. Well, no, I didn't try to keep that shit po- neutral. I tried <laughs> to keep it like professional yeah. and like on a particular message so that it would not be so intimidating. You know, I wasn't trying to be anti-theistic, basically. Yeah. And it you doesn't know, I come was trying to. Way. I wanted to challenge you. Like, I am going to challenge you to think about this bullshit. Yeah. You know? But uh, yeah, and I feel like this is a book that religious women can actually read. You know what I mean? It's not for just atheists, you know. And if my sister was a little was more open minded, she's just yeah. too like, like I said, demon this, demon that. But I know religious yeah. women. I, I've dated a few uh, black religious women who, well, obviously, if I dated them, they dated an atheist. They, you know, they're open minded. More. My sister would never date an atheist. So they, I can see them reading this, you know. Um, yeah, maybe yeah. I'll even get it for them because this is I. It was I. Well, I don't want to harp on it too much, but just reading about only black women was so. It was so different because you never see mm-hmm. that. When I, I mean, one of my majors was sociology, so I uh, read about the black community and I read about a lot of community, but I've never read about black women separately. Or I, I read mm-hmm. about black men separately and then the black community mm-hmm. as a whole, but never black women. You're so right. Oh, my God. As I'm working on the research for my current book, you're so like this idea that like the research of black women specifically, not in the context as a a part of the black community, but I am specifically focusing on black women. Mm. You're right. Like the research and the information is just just not there to that same extent. It takes a whole lot of digging. It takes a significant amount of digging, you know, if you really want or you have to take a, you know, a larger book and go like, okay, just this one little half of a chapter, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to the stories, um, what I, the, another thing that, cause you have a lot of, um, a lot of these women were, I don't know if a lot's the right word. Um, a number of them were either uh, lesbians or bisexual, right? Or, I mm-hmm. think, yeah. And, and one thing mm-hmm. I found interesting that they said, and it's not the first time I heard it, but it was just surprising to just r- hear people say it uh, on a personal level. They said um, it was easier coming out 
as lesbian or bi than it was as an atheist within our community. Right. That's it. I was surprised at the fact that I would say of the 25 or 26 women that I interviewed, maybe one that was bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, well, I guess I should say how many were bisexual or lesbian. I don't know, but I mean, it was, yeah. I'm sure it was, it was, I'm sure it was less than half of them, but mm. the majority of them, yes, all said, except for one, all of them said the exact same thing, that it was easier to come out to their family as a lesbian or as bisexual than it was to say that they were wow. an atheist. Because as long as you believe in a God, you're mm-hmm. redeemable. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That, that's interesting because that's how it is. I mean, I'm... That's how it is growing up when, you know, you grow up around guys busting guns and going to jail for drugs and blah, blah, blah. They were still redeemable. They still got prayed for. They still got. If you're mm-hmm. an atheist, you you are you're a devil. First of all, they think you're a devil worshiper. Um, but if you, <laughs> the, the worst thing you can do is deny God, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's that always will blow my mind. I mean, because our community is mm-hmm. very homophobic. It's not like we're mm-hmm. like this liberal thinking community. We're extremely homophobic. And still being an atheist is worse. And what's terrible is I am all, I'm still surprised when I bump in, into a significant amount of homophobia. Like whether it's in person or, you know, on Facebook or something. When I bump into a whole lot of like significantly homophobic black people, I find myself surprised. And I'm like, I don't know why you're surprised, Candace. But I feel like the atheist should the atheist shit should be bigger, but I think yeah. the atheist shit it is bigger, but it's just not as in the public eye. Exactly, it's you know more what hidden. I'm it's more hidden. Yeah, exactly. And in a way, I think in a weird way, if we get out in the public eye more, I think we'll be less vilified because it's like they talked about what I, I listened to this podcast where one of the um, uh, co-hosts is gay, and and he talks mm-hmm. about how. A lot changed when gay people just started being seen more, seen on TV, seen in movies. Like it normalized them and seen like, oh, oh, someone in my family's gay and someone. So it wasn't this like thing hidden in the closet where you get to create your own warped sense of what who they are instead of them coming Absolutely. out and being who they who they uh, feel they truly are. And I think atheists, and that's why, and I don't know if that's why. I think I'm just such an angry atheist that I don't hide <laughs> my atheism from anybody. You know what I mean I wear mm-hmm. it on my sleeve and I don't give a fuck if it ends up hurting me which it hasn't yet so um did and, and just using that to kind of get back to your book were there uh well actually I, I know there were because you spoke to some atheist activists so there were very outspoken mm-hmm. atheists who were out there putting their atheism out there and kind of normalizing it and have been doing it for like over a decade right mm-hmm yes Yep, yep. You had uh, like the Mandisa and Brio, you know, of course, you know, everybody recognizes those two names. Definitely. Um, You know, they were they were in their face with it. And uh, but it was still, you know, like you said, relatively new. You know, even back then, I remember Mandisa being like, uh, you know, if you had told me a year ago that I would be being interviewed for a book, I wouldn't have believed you. What's funny is. She felt like it was something special that I was interviewing her. But in my mind, I was like, holy shit, Mandy, <laughs> Thomas is like actually talking to me. Like, 
That's, like I felt like the blessed lucky one. That's funny. And, yeah, so, I love Mandisa. So I'm curious, why do you think, do you, after everything that you wrote, do you feel like you have a reason for why uh, black women are leaving the church, leaving religion? Is there like an overall thing going on? I think black women are educating themselves and they are realizing that it's full of shit. I mean, when you look at me, you know, funny, but not funny, right? They are, as they are, um, I think it's true for everybody. I actually back up. I think it's true for everybody that the internet is making information so readily accessible. Mm. You know, that that is the thing. Once most people who who used to be religious, who have become atheists, did so because of an educational process, not because of an emotional outburst, you know, not because of anything other than I read the Bible. I read some other books. I learned some shit. You guys are motherfucking liars. Fuck you. You know what I'm saying, and I yeah. think that's what what that's what's happening with black women as well. It's all it was all about maybe one or two people that I interviewed. I know there was one person I think in the book who said it was sort of like one day she just woke up and was like, "Hey, I don't believe this," and wow. then that was it. But most people, it was a very painful, laborious process, and it's all about education, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like they say, read the Bible, you're more likely to become an atheist, you know? Um, what mm-hmm. I, you, you know, I have a question, because I don't know, well, I guess you wouldn't know this, but, because I was going to try and make it a I male, uh, a ma- yeah, okay. <laughs> I was going to try and make it a man-woman <laughs> thing. I listen to NPR, damn it, you ain't listening. <laughs> I, I don't listen to NPR as much as I should. Um, I don't know uh-huh. why. I, I don't know, but um, they have some great shows. Sometimes I catch that. If their shows end up podcast, I'm like, a, they, all my information comes through podcasts. So if their shows end yeah. up a podcast, I end up listening to them. Um, Diane Ring. You got to listen to Diane Ring. Ring? R-E- Ring, R-E-H-M. If you don't okay. listen to anybody else, listen to Diane Ring. Go to her okay. website. But okay. okay. I'm not going to listen to her. Anyway, so... um. <laughs> what I was getting now, nah, I'm joking. I'll check her out. Look, I'm typing right now. Diane, type, 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 right. See, I typed mm-hmm. it up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh, what I wanted to ask you do you get, uh, just coming away from the book for a second, because uh, I didn't want to forget this. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I hate it. And don't hate's a strong word, but when people, white people will say to me, or white people say to Christians, or white people just say online, Black people are the last people who should be religious. Why are they relig- like? And, and they almost make it seem like black people are the most absurd people to be religious because um, <laughs> they got religion through slavery. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't understand. And, and I'm just uh-huh. like, first of all, like, and, and or like, yeah, it, it really bothers me because for one, I'm like, that's not how religion works. For one, and two, there are gay people who are religious, and that Bible specifically is telling you to stone gay. So. And and, and I'm not stupid enough to just be like, I I don't know. Do you get that? Or I kind of wanted to ask, do you find black men who say, well, why are black women so like a black atheist? I mean, would say, well, why are black women so like, do you ever get something like that? Or even like the way I was talking? It is it is significantly less common in my personal experience to see black men say, 
I don't know why black women are religious than it is to see white people say, I don't understand why black people are religious. Yeah. Because, it's, you know, like within the black community, we get it. Like y'all motherfuckers shove this shit down our throat <laughs> for one. Yeah. You know, we we were already Africans, you know, Africans were already very, you know, spiritual mm -hmm. beings anyway, yeah. you know, so they came with a sort of a readiness and an openness to, you know, spiritual stories. Yeah. And then how much did we identify with Moses and the children of Israel? You know what I'm saying? We were slaves yeah. in a yeah. foreign land, right? Yeah. And then 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 you add on that, like, what, like the civil rights movement or even during slavery, like the church was yeah. the one place that you could go and be left the fuck alone. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for real. <laughs> so, and so the whole, like, I don't understand. I mean, half of me says, I know, right? I don't understand why we were so religious. It's so stupid. But then the other half of me is like, well, yeah, I mean, it did kind of have its role for a little while. For the, our whole while. Shit. <laughs> yeah. It was full of shit then, yeah. and it's full of shit now. Yeah. Right? But it had it pur its purpose. No, I definitely, I don't know. Gosh, I don't even, I mean, maybe a, a couple of times I've heard, like, black men say, I don't yeah. understand why black women are so religious, but not, I mean, that doesn't even stand out in my mind but yeah. white people yeah that shit stands out <laughs> yeah yeah i just sometimes it just sounds so condescending and i'm like yeah i, I know i get it you yeah. have like you got white women who are religious and the bible's not nice to them either so let's any women you know let's just yeah exactly um, it starts to feel like a microaggression <laughs> that's my new word that's my new word microaggression motherfucking microaggression mm. yes so <laughs> okay getting back to your book I wasn't sure. I can't remember if the, if it was you or someone else that because I because you narrate everything. So I wasn't sure because there was one that I that resonated so much with me. The person was talking about fear, you know, in like fear of mm -hmm. like God, fear of hell, and like they were talking about being religious and like it was just fear following you around, fear. Um, like that, you know, you'll be doing the wrong thing. And, and I've talked about it on the podcast. That was my upbringing. I was afraid mm. of um, the world ending and I was doing the wrong thing or, well, I guess mm. I should say Jesus coming back and things in someone. And it resonated so much, especially hearing it in an audio book, you know, in a, mm -hmm. because it was like I could feel it, you know, and I could feel what you were conveying. Do, was that you like did you grow up with that kind of fear or was it someone else and i'm just mixing it up that like you you just like were afraid of god watching you and you doing the wrong thing and like hell's a moment away well that was everywhere that was all throughout the book i mean i know i definitely talked about it from my own perspective because mm. i talked about how um one example of something that i just really remember is just seared into my brain i don't know i don't even remember the full context but I know it was in middle school and I was going to the family church. And it was like after church, I went to my, we, everybody used to always go to grandma's house, you know, after church. Mm -hmm. And like there was some uncles. I just remember some uncles, like maybe two or three of them and my aunt. And they were all just having this conversation about whatever. And one of my uncles says, started talking about hell hounds, mm -hmm. you know, and this idea yeah. that like if you were a sinner, like Satan could at any time send these like demonic dogs 
to your bedroom and literally drag you out of bed and drag you to hell. And that was like, I remember being in, like I said, I was young and that was so terrifying to me. And I can remember being married. I was a motherfucking grown adult. I I was casting out fucking demons. And I was, I still believed that there were hellhounds like hiding in the corners of my house. And before I would go to bed, we would like splash like anointing holy water or like put like anointing oil over the bed frame or the doorway of my bedroom because I was still in my motherfucking 20s afraid that these hellhounds and these little demonic spirits were after me and they were around us at all times. And that was this shit was from like ten years old. Yeah. Wow. And it's all kind of stuff. It was just so much creepy, scary mm-hmm. shit. That's, it's child abuse. It, yeah. See, that's what I was gonna <laughs> say. That's why I always say that it is fucking yeah. child abuse. You're terrified all the time. I remember my grandmother had this song, and my grandmother's the nicest person. I don't. Everyone in my family, my grandmother never hit us. She never... It's everyone else who were monsters, you know what I mean? She just was a soft <laughs> person. And even her, she had this My song. grandma was mean as shit. Oh, was she? <laughs> See, my grandma... Everybody loved her, though. <laughs> well, everyone else was like these ultra... Well, I think a part of it was... I think that's why she was Jehovah Witness, because everyone else was Pentecostal, and it was just heavy, mm. and it was just... That's why when I when I got older, or when I got in the listening to podcasts, and I heard how cult-like Jehovah Witnesses are, like, if you leave the church, you can't talk to the fam... Like, you know, the family can't talk mm-hmm. to their church. And I was like, really? Because... My, they didn't even care about my grandmother. It was so, anyway. Getting away from that, my yeah. grandmother had this song. She would sing. It was a lullaby to babies, and we'd always she <laughs> sung it to us, right? And and but when we heard it, her singing it to kids when we got older, it goes the devil oh right in the yard, dee da dee. And it's all about like the devil <laughs> in the backyard, like to make you stay good, like he's always fucking around. Holy shit! Yeah, and that was like a a, um, a lullaby or a I, I guess it's a lullaby because it, she would sing it to put you to sleep. And it's like that's some devil, scary oh, shit, right? In my, oh my god! Well, that's like one of the girls in my. I'm sorry, one of the ladies in my book. Mm. She was talking about when she was a kid. Her grandma used to. Um, like if she stayed in the bathtub for too long, just taking a bath, her mm. grandma would tell her that if she didn't get out of the bed, out of the bathtub, a demon would come out of yeah. the drain wow. and drag her down the drain of the bathtub. And that's, that's what would make her take a faster bath. First of all, you a dirty little child. How about you stay in the bathtub as long <laughs> as you, you fucking really? want to? Because your ass, I'm sure, is crusty as shit. What, okay. And why is that bad, <laughs> taking a long bath, first of all? Shouldn't yeah. you be Okay, she might... I touch herself. What do you mean? Oh, she likes to get curious about her body and shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, I, gosh, it's the the scary shit that we used to tell. Unbelievable. It's, it's child abuse, like you said. Um. So, well, I, before we go, I wanted to talk about your new project because I know nothing about it, and you hinted at it earlier. What What are you um? What are you working on? Is it something you want to talk about or you want to kind of keep it hush-hush for now? Oh, no, no, no. I talk about it all the time. Um, basically, it is... Um, see, you're not that special. I'm sorry. I uh, talk about it all the time. Oh, okay, you're not getting whatever. the scoop. 
Oh, okay. I, I immediately <laughs> checked out after you said that. I was like, oh, I'm not special. So I started playing on my phone. No, no, no. I'm saving something just for you. It's Chanel. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> no. Um, uh, 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 so it started out as I was going to be looking at um, black atheists and their like attempts or their struggles with finding and maintaining relationships and marriages and raising families and shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember very clearly I was in a, on Facebook and this guy was talking about how he much preferred, it was a black man and he was talking about how he much preferred to be dating, uh, being with black women But because he was an atheist, he kept having all these horrible experiences with black women. And so he, you know, in his opinion, unfortunately, you know, had to start um, dating uh, or he was opening himself up to dating white women. And um, I'm sorry, there was like just some gunshots down the street of my house. It it distracted me. Yeah, life in the ghetto. Hashtag life in the ghetto. <laughs> um, so uh, hashtag tell my mama I love her. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag where <wear> my nine. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta protect myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the thing. It was like, damn, how many black people, especially black men, right? Being that eighty-five or whatever percent of black women are like religious or whatever. That kind of sparked, that piqued my interest. So like, how many black people really do feel the same way? Black atheists feel the same way also. That they're struggling to find relationships and form relationships because of their atheism specifically. Hmm. So that's what it started out as. But the research is so difficult to find. Hmm. And life and shit hits the fan. So this project started in like 2014, by the way. Hmm. Um, life. <laughs> um life is full of shit fuck life she's a bitch um so there's a, oh i shouldn't say she it's a bitch right Cause it could bitch. be male or female true um and um so i had to expand it so now i'm basically it is sort of like an overall survey of like black of like life for black americans right so an overall survey and I've done interviews still. So I have interviews of like individual people, um, families, people that I started interviewing for the original concept, right. Which is the families. And then also like different scholars. Like I interviewed Anthony Penn you know, from Rice University. Um, just the Anthony Penn? The Anthony Penn. What? I got to meet him in person and everything. Who's the like, Anthony Penn? Oh, y'all know Anthony Penn? Okay, <laughs> nope, damn. But that's a Futurama <laughs> joke. Who's the Zach Brannigan? Nah, sorry. Yeah. Anthony Penn, yeah. my, my mm-hmm. dog. Right. So a bunch of people, right? So some some ministers even, actually. Yeah. I interviewed some black ministers his, as his well. boo. Boo. <laughs> no. One of them is really cool. They were cool. They were all keep cool. I think you'll like them when you read about them. Yeah. In fact, hey. You might like them so much that you'll go, you know what? You motherfuckers aren't the real black ministers. <laughs> like, where are the real scummy? black ministers? <laughs> they were nice. Like, they were too cool and understanding. 
So I'm um, kind of um. So what what's the overall topic? Is it still relationships? Just um, it crosses from uh, believers and non-believers. Um. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at all of these different areas of Black life, marriage, oh, relationships, see. child rearing, uh, mass incarceration, health, poverty. I'm looking oh, at wow. all of these things, and I'm looking at them through the um, you know, the impact of the Black church on them. And I'm going to pull in, you know, the commentary of the scholars and then I'm going to illustrate it through the personal stories of the people that I interviewed. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really cool. And it's and it's it'll be a book that can be more outreaching to within the black community, seeing that, you know, it's not just atheists. Yeah. And I'm very specific because of the because of the current climate of mm-hmm. things, social climate. I'm very explicit that. This is to black Americans. So white people, you guys are more than welcome to read it and watch it and, you know, take it back to your book clubs. Um, But I'm talking to black people right now. So Mm. I'm very explicit with that point at the very, very beginning. that I am talking to black America. I'm not talking to you guys. Nobody else. And in a way, they can get some insight by just uh, hearing that conversation, maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, did, Just listen. How did you feel? I actually wanted to say something about your other book, though, because um, that reminded me. I felt like as we were saying it's for atheists as well as for believers, I felt like that would be something that uh, white people could get a lot of, too, hearing the voice of black women, which is a voice mm-hmm. that you don't hear as much. Um, and if you wanted some insight into black atheists, you know, uh, black women atheists and what they've gone through and maybe even find that common ground and say, wow, that her story's exactly like mine. You know, maybe with a little more added in if the race uh, comes, if race comes into it on a certain level. But, yeah, I mean, it's go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing that you find and I knew this, you know, even writing a book, right, that uh, the the a lot of people have the similar, same similar experience, you know, white people, Latino people, Asian people, like the feedback that I've gotten over the years is, man, I, I hear you saying that's the black woman's story, but it's saying it reminds me so much of myself. It reminds me so much of my own experience, mm-hmm. um, which is great. I mean, and I, I oh, that's what oppressive religion is, right? All yeah. religion is full of bullshit. Right. Yeah. So the struggle to come out of it is going to be a shared experience. And yeah. I totally get that. Um, but I think especially in this book, I'm going to really drive home the uniqueness of the black experience in America, you know, and mm-hmm. how how, in my opinion, the black church has not fulfilled its promise, basically, nope. to black America. You have not fulfilled your yeah. promise. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the black church, before I let you go, because I've had you for a while, um, the black church, I feel, I'm surprised I'm watching not even atheists, but black religious people kind of standing up for the black church. There was this video and it made the news and this and that of uh, the group of activists um, are like, yo, this church is here. This guy's that he was a prosperity gospel guy. And they went in the church to um to protest. And it's funny because the church was like, the quote unquote deacons were like security guards, you know what I mean? And you could just tell, you know, it was like, and they were like, oh, man, I look at I this. Yeah, the and they were like, like interviewing in the parking lot. Yeah, of exactly. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. look at how poor our fucking town is. And this guy has this yes. huge house and this church is here and everyone's giving their money. You're not giving back to the town, not giving back to the people. 
I'm like, finally, I mean, even even if you don't come into non-belief, at least stand up to that bullshit, that exploitation. You know what I mean? Exactly. Hotel. Just say some shit. <laughs> you stupid. I'm hotel. sorry. <laughs> Just say some shit, right? Speak up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I remember that. I know exactly who you're talking about. And then the, the ministers were in the church. I was like, oh, we welcome them to yeah, come in here. And, yeah. and we'll be more than happy to talk to them. Shut mm-hmm. the fuck up. Yeah. No, you don't. You want to try to lay your hands on somebody mm-hmm. and pray Yeah, them. them dudes came out ready for what? I'm like, these, these are dudes who probably bounce. At, at clubs on the weekend, you know what I mean? And they get paid well. <laughs> and they get paid well to protect the friggin' pastor. Yes, <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> okay. The armor bearers. That's yeah, what they call exactly, the armor bearers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so how can people get in touch with you, get your book, um, follow you? Do you have, do you tweet? Are you on Twitter? Do you like people following you on Facebook? What's up? Um, okay, so I, I own ebonyexodus.com. It is no longer a live site. It used to be. Long story short, life is a bitch, right? Mm. Hashtag. Um, so I have <laughs> the domain, but it's not. Uh, if you type on it, you're not going to get anything interesting. But I do have Ebony Exodus has a Facebook page. Um, it's on Facebook page, but I am very much Ebony Exodus. And whatever the fuck I say is what I would put there anyway. And... Um, yeah, I tweet. I have Twitter, Ebony Exodus, um, at Ebony Exodus. I mostly tweet uh, during, like, interesting events. Otherwise, I'm not that interested. So, like, oh, okay. debates and stuff like that, I'll tweet. But other than that, honestly, really, I'm not really that interested in Twitter. <laughs> it's just okay. Um, but, yeah, and then you can get my book. I mean, online, it's everywhere. You know, it's all, all yeah. of the major retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Waters. Like you said, you can get the audio book at audible.com. Um, you know, all of those places. The book isn't going to be in all of the major locations. You can even get it in other languages in other countries. Ooh, that's what's up, really. Look I know, right? Doing things. Yeah, yeah. Amazon. Okay, and I'll make sure I put the links to all those things. So you can't, even if you're a lazy motherfucker, you can at least go to angryblackrant.com, go to the show, and then click on that link, and it'll bring you to all those places where you can buy the book, follow her, post on her hey, wall, shit we like might that. Even do like, we might even do like a new portfolio of me and then get extra clicks. How about that? Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Let me stop. That's the wine. I'm sorry. Damn, how many glasses have I had? I don't <laughs> <You're> know. <stupid. laughs> All right, so, I right, Ebony, peace out. Nice to meet you. Have fun. Later. I, 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 so that is the end of the show. I don't have anything else to say. It's been a long show. I'm sure you guys are finished, ready to move on to the next podcast if you're addicted to podcasts like I am. So I will let you fools go. I will have a normal show next time where we go from, you know, news story to news story and just, uh, but I want to just thank, um, Candace for coming on. I realized I made a new friend with her and she'll be back on and we'll just be doing news stories. Didn't she have a great fucking fuck boy for this story? Damn. Loved it. So anyway, she'll be on. She has a knack for finding fuck boys like most women do. They seem to, I think fuck boys find them usually. And I've been a fuck boy to women. I was called a fuck boy just today 
by a woman. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's another story. Anyway, so I will let you people go and we will have a normal show next time. And maybe we'll even do feedback and stuff like that. I don't know. Hit me up. Um, oh, Angry Black Rant discussion group is still thriving and I'm going to try and participate more in that. So if you go on Facebook, Angry Black Rant discussion group, you can also uh, hit me up, Ishmael Brown, Ishmael with an E. Some people spell it with an I. My parents did because they're stupid. Uh, my mother spelled my sister's name with an E, E-B-O-N-E-Y. Her name's Ebony and they're stupid because they don't know how to spell um, so anyway, Ishmael Brown and, uh, I guess I should mention Patreon, uh, Patreon, 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 uh, if you guys want to support the show. Oh, I gotta give a shout out to patrons. Yeah, what the fuck was that? I was about to, like, not give a shout out to patrons. I'm a terrible host, aren't I? Okay, so I want to give a shout out to my boy Seth. Thanks for supporting the show. Jackie, I, I won't say a last name. I don't know. Am I supposed to say that? Uh, Armature Atheist? That's weird. Armature. Arm oh, is that um, <laughs> is that from Thomas's show? When he was like, you're an armature? I think it might be because uh, that was so funny with the whole, uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> armature. <laughs> Any, you, uh, anyway, I'm just talking. Um, And Greg... Uh, then there's another name, Bruscue Platypus. I know I'm saying that wrong. Bruscue Platypus, I don't know. And Kyle um, Mangan, I don't know why I felt like saying this last name. See, I have no, um, I don't know. I'm just talking. It's late. It's like 4.50 right now, my time. Um, Candace and I talked for a while and, um... And uh, it took me a while to edit it because it was a lot of difference. We went all over the place. And those are the best, but um, it's also tough to edit because it's just like, you know, from here to here to here to here to here. And you kind of want it to at least have some kind of follow through line where you can follow it. So anyway, I will let you people go. So I will tell you guys once and for all. And again, thank you, patrons. Oh, and thank you, Flo. Um for donating she always donates every once in a while and i really appreciate that you can donate if you go to angryblackrant.com and hit the donate button if you don't want to do a weekly patreon thing so anyway and uh candace is going to come back on and talk about some other stuff but anyway i'm gonna just leave you with the skeptics creep now nah, i'm sorry i'm gonna leave you with uh what i usually say I want y'all motherfuckers to stay angry because the world is a cold and mean place and unjust. So stay motherfucking angry. Don't walk around happy like the happy wanderer. Stay motherfucking angry, all right, party people? And you know I'm going to stay black as fuck. And keep motherfucking ranting. Pay, pay, pay. Well, an atheist is someone who doesn't quite believe that there is somebody out there, some god out there. Well, then to me, you're an idiot.